Welcome to the Just Grace It podcast with Brian and Rex. just leave this. Welcome to the Just Grace It podcast with Brian and Becky Ross. He's the pastor and my hubby. She's the horse girl and my wife. And we're coming to you from our home in the Midwest, Refuge Farm. Join us as we discuss how to apply God's grace to marriage, family, life, and ministry in, in the, the Just, Just Grace It podcast. podcast. It's Brian and Becky. Hey everyone, how you doing? So we've been doing pretty good. Every couple, every two weeks, we seem to be able to do a podcast. We're not so, quite making so every week. Yeah, but at least every ten days, maybe. Yeah, that's better than what we were. <laughs> doing. You mean where we had months where we didn't have anything? Yes. yes. Um. So. What's been going on? There has been a lot of things happening and going on first of all i got a message from actually we've been receiving several messages lately which is really cool i really it means a lot when you guys reach out and just share something that encouraged you or ask a question or because it helps us know that we're not just sitting here talking to the air right yeah, so um, I got a message today from somebody asking me a couple things and just telling me how much they enjoy the podcast. And then um, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, I got a message from a lady named Paula from Spain. So Paula, if you hear this, if you're Paula from Spain. Hi, Paula from Spain. <laughs> um. I, my Facebook, <coughs> excuse me, hang on one second, <coughs> sorry, my Facebook account got hacked, so that's one of the things that has been going on, it got hacked, and because of the nature of why it got hacked and how it got hacked, um, it's so, been embargoed, y- yes, I can't get into it, and so I have started over from scratch, but that also means that I cannot get into our the Just Grace It podcast with Brian and Becky Ross Facebook page. So I'm probably going to have to make a new page. When I get that done, I will let you guys know. But Paula, if you could message um, Brian, so just message Brian Ross on his Facebook page and just reach out to him so that we can keep in touch with you. (laughs) Because I lost everything. I lost everything in Messenger. I can't see anything. Everything is gone. So, um, did you have something? Yeah, I got a message just today from somebody named Christopher who was expressing um, gratitude regarding the podcast and... Also, Carl in Norway almost always yes. says sends greetings and so forth. So, hello to those folks as well. Carl, I love your accent. I know to you we probably have an accent too, but <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love when you leave a voice message for Brian. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. She gets kicks and giggles, Carl. 
it just makes me happy. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, I've had to start all over on Facebook and Instagram because everything was connected. And so, everything got messed up when I was hacked. So... We could easily do a whole episode on our frustrations with, with Facebook. Facebook. Oh, yeah. But we won't. We won't. But I could. Um, so, yeah, that's been one of the things going on. And then the other one of the other things that's been going on is um, last week, Tuesday, so a week ago, I was working with our rescue horse, Faith. And everything was going really well, and she was super calm, super chill, like really connecting with me. It was great, and I thought, cool, this is the perfect opportunity to work on mounting because we're to that stage where we're working on getting her used to me being on her back or the trainer being on her back. And so one of the ways that you do that is you... Um, put your weight so with so like you lay over their back with your belly so like a rag doll if you can picture that and so I did that I had done it several times before trainer had done it several times before had no problems <coughs> I'm so sorry I have a tickle in my throat and it's driving me nuts <coughs> all right I don't know you need a cough that's drop. terrible I might. You want to go get me one while I tell the sure, story? Sure, you tell oh, my the story. Word. This is real life. I'm so and sorry. I'll run an errand. I'm so sorry for the coughing, but if I don't have a cough drop, I'm going to keep coughing. So, anyway, I was. I had no sooner laid myself across the saddle on her back when. I don't know if it was a car backfiring. It sounded like a car backfiring or a machine. We live out in the country, so there's lots of tractors and machines and things that go down the road. It made this huge loud bang sound loud. And um, she spooked and started bucking. And so she bucked a few times. I'm laying over her back with like a rag doll I got of course bounced around finally slid off um and ended up with a huge bruise underneath my collarbone and a huge bruise like on my bicep and like it's huge um and finally got her made sure I was okay finally got her settled down thank you now I have a cough drop Got her settled down, figured all that out, went inside, and started bawling. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was so upset. I was... I wasn't mad at her or angry with her or anything. She... It was just this freak thing that happened. And so... Um... I'm telling the story partially because I know you guys are interested in hearing about it. At least some of you are. And also because as I was thinking about what happened, I sent a message to the trainer and I told him what happened. And I said, you know, I really would love your feedback. Like, 
is there something I could have done different, should have done different? You know, what, what I just would love any thoughts that you have on this. And he messaged me back and he had several thoughts. Um, but one of the interesting things that he said is he said, you know, he said, this is not, her spooking is not about the loud noise. It's not about the saddle. It's not even about you being on her back because you've been on her back before and I've been on her back before. I have not. No, you have not. Um, he said it's about her in that moment. She did not have connection with you. So instead of looking to you as the leader and waiting for you to tell her if the loud noise was okay and something she needed to be concerned about or not, she just went into her survival mode brain and just, it didn't matter that you were there. It didn't matter, you know, she just did what she felt she had to do to deal with her her emotions at that time. And he was saying that one of the things we need to work on is, he's like, you know, now you've established confidence and some leadership and things like that from doing all the groundwork work with her and we need to establish that also when someone is on her back which is what we're working up towards um but it just made me think you know we've been talking about as believers how we walk in the flesh and why is it that we still struggle with our flesh with the flesh as believers and it just made me think that just like she, in that moment when something happened or she was faced with high emotions, she had all the feelings, her instinct, her habit, her her green highways in her brain were telling her, escape, do whatever you have to do, run, buck, whatever, you know. Just, so just, she was in her horse flesh? She was in her horse flesh. Oh. <laughs> um, she was in her reactive brain and for horse. And it just made me, she wasn't listening to me at all as her leader. And it just made me think how we as believers sometimes when we are walking in the flesh, we're just, we're reacting to that desire. We're reacting to that stimulus, emotion. emotion. We're reacting to that stimulus. We're not looking to Christ. We're not looking right. to his word. We're not looking to. And, you know, it just ended up kind of being a good picture story for I wish I didn't have all these bruises. And I was incredibly sore for like the first three days after it happened. Like so I could barely move. You've been in the chiropractor twice, right? Since it happened. I've been to the chiropractor twice and I did was <clears throat> able to get a massage there also from one of the massage therapists and Man. so I'm feeling much better, but you're so pampered. I had <laughs> muscles that were like rocks in my body. Yeah, <laughs> like, the the bruises were like I, I'm like, you better cover your arms so nobody thinks <laughs> something's going on around home. I, well, I had bad. shared a picture of it on my old account. It was a bad bruise. Maybe I'll reshare it. I don't know. But, yeah. I And I still have kind of a lump underneath my people collarbone. People like pictures but. of other people's wounds. 
Yeah, I don't know why. Makes him not feel so bad about themselves, it I think. It was ugly. It's, it's much better now. But anyway, that's what's been going on. It's been... It's been Listen, a I wild. mean, like, there's always something going on, right? It's, it's like, what is it this time? There's other stuff, too, but not necessarily yeah. things that we can share. But it just, yeah, it's it's been quite the last week. Yep. So, anyway, moving on, we're going to continue our discussion in Lifetime Guarantee by Bill Gillum. And we are, um, hang on here, let me get my notes out. Chapter Did you three. have anything interesting you want to share? <laughs> um, I mean, not not too terribly uh, earth shattering. Just normal life and ministry responsibilities, family responsibilities. Trying to keep all the balls in the air with nothing hitting the ground. Um, it's kind of where I'm at, I suppose. Yeah. And then of course, you know, you getting hurt didn't help and then of course there's other things going on that we might eventually tell people about depending on how they work out so yeah yep yeah there's a lot of things you can just pray for us because there's a lot a lot a lot a lot and not all of it's bad some of it is just just it's it's good some of it's good it's just change that you know you get a little bit Probably related to what our topic is, but you get a little bit anxious and, you know, you're not just not sure how things are going to go. Yeah. But uh, it's not all bad things. So So what chapter are we on? So we're still in chapter two. We're going to finish up chapter two in this episode, hopefully. And um, he talks about what our real enemy is so last time we kind of ended talking about our struggle as spiritual warfare and about bringing every thought captive that's kind of where we ended the last episode so just real quick to remind everybody chapter two is titled how you got into your fix yes so chapter two is about how how did you develop how did you come by what are some things that contributed to your personal specific individual flesh patterns. patterns that you have okay so continuing on with that there's he quote he there's a quote he talks about our real enemy is satan and satan is the one who first deceived who hates and who destroys families and that's a quote from the book and I was listening to, a, I can't remember if it was a podcast or a YouTube, another pastor was talking, and I can't remember who it was now, what I was listening to, but they said that the three enemies of a believer are Satan, the world, and the flesh. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things that, the three enemies that the believer has. So say that again. Satan, the world, and the flesh. So, and by the world, meaning like the course of the world, right. like the world operating the world system. system yeah. The, the the way the world works because of the prince, the power of there, who has right, like what yeah, Ephesians, Ephesians two, two says. one through three. Yeah. Yep. Um. So then he goes into if we're thinking about how, what are some things that contributed to 
your individual and our individual flesh patterns, sometimes those things come from um, how we were parented as children. And he makes it very clear in the book that you can't blame everything on your parent. Like, parents make mistakes. We, we're parents and we certainly have made mistakes. And we will make more mistakes. Some parents are just not good parents. Right. You know, and, and so whether you had good parents who made mistakes or you had... Not good parents who made a lot of mistakes. Not good, abusive, you know, very sinful parents who made toxic. a lot of... Toxic parents. Yes, that's a good word. Who made mistakes with you. Or who weren't there or whatever. Or who used you for their purposes or ends. Yes. Um, That all comes from Satan and the course of the world. Like it's sin. It's the curse of sin. And it's parents who sin. And then children who grow up and sin. And so um, he, he talks... I labeled this the do's and don'ts of parenting. I had to condense it down because it's quite a long chapter. So um, he talks about covert and overt rejection. So overt means it's obvious. Obvious rejection. And so things like, um, he'll talk about in a minute, like ridiculing your child. Like making fun of them openly. That would be overt rejection yeah you know you're calling them names you're making fun of them in front of their friends or other family members you're calling out their flaws you're or their denigrating faults. them you're yes. running them down yes. and you don't have anything good to say about them right you're just being cruel with your words that would be an example of um overt or obvious rejection and then covert is more subtle and the result to the child with overt or obvious rejection is the message they receive is I know no one loves me. Like that's what they believe. That's the message they get. With subtle or covert rejection, the message they get is I feel like no one loves me. Okay. Um, So, and this could be not just parents in their lives it could be from teachers it could be people in authority over them it could be from grandparents aunts uncles you know anybody step parents anybody that is an adult that has influence over them i would say um so he goes through several um don'ts of parenting and do's and don'ts of parenting So one of them is perfectionism. Um, This parent requires perfect performance out of themselves and they transfer that over to their children. Um, Since no one except Christ is perfectly perfect, this parenting style teaches the child that they are inadequate. Their feeler gets stuck at, I can't do anything right. He talks about how a a believer who's a perfectionist or who has perfectionistic tendencies is most likely a law keeper. 
someone who thinks they have to keep certain rules in order to maintain acceptance. Yeah. It's kind of like what we're learning about in church, about Galatianism. The Galatians? Yeah. Yeah. They had this freedom in Christ, and then they abandoned it pretty quick for law-keeping. Right. Yeah. Um, The second one is a child who receives no physical affection. So a child who has a parent or parents who don't show them appropriate physical affection um, teaches the child that they are unlovable. The result is that this child believes that they are unlovable and may either sabotage future relationships or may become promiscuous in the drive to get their need for affection met. Or they may actually have difficulty in showing physical affection. If they didn't get it, then like once they are married or they have kids of their own, they're, they're, they were never taught that and so they don't, or it wasn't modeled for them and so they have a hard time showing that to right. their spouse or their children. Um, number three is a child who is ignored. This would be like neglect, right? Mm-hmm. Well. Or not. He, I think in the book he's talking more like spending quality time. So this would be a parent who just never takes time to spend with their kids. Like, he, he says little kids spell time, love, time, T-I-M-E. They, they want quality time and they want quantity time. And I was, I put in my notes that actually quality time is a love language. And I always tell because my love language, my top love language is quality time. But I also told you it's also quantity. No, I told you that that's what it really is. <laughs> but. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a child who parents are too busy. They never take time to just have fun or spend time with their kids. Um. Number four is the parent who, this child is already always told that the parent has a better idea. Well, if you did it this way, it would work out better. Right. You know, if you did it my way, you would have had a well, better result. if you result. just would have done this or that. Yeah. It never encourages for a job well done. It's always about, well. Or effort put in. Effort put versus... in. It's always like, well. You didn't do it my way, so it's not good enough. Um, I feel that reminds me of a character on a TV show, but I can't remember. This communicates to the child that they are stupid and incapable of doing things right. Then ridicule, that's an overt one. We kind of already talked about that. Name calling, pointing out flaws, um, mocking them, um... That'd be nonverbal too, right? Yes, and that can be ridicule can be nonverbal too, like eye rolling, constantly frustrating, like sighing, like you're just totally exasperated with them. All. No, I mean, come on, like I as a mom, I've like been like you yeah. know, like we've all done that. But if you're like constantly doing that and just constantly communicating, like. You just, uh, your existence is annoying to me. Like, that's, I think, what he's talking about. Yeah, so it'd be like their normal operating pattern to be right this way. Not that 
any parent on any given time doesn't occasionally right. fall into a so it's you your know. body language yeah and some kids are super sensitive to body language right um number six is not taking time to teach the child skills or new things so like you know, not taking them out and showing them how to change the oil or not teaching them how to make cookies or how to safely cook on the stove or how to do the laundry or, excuse me, how to run the lawnmower or, you know, any of those things. Right. You know, help out with projects or, you know, whatever. Number seven is overprotection. So not allowing kids the space and freedom with appropriate boundaries like being so worried or afraid that something bad is going to happen if you let your kids go do something enjoyable you know go to a friend's house play on with, the, go to church camp play go, on the little league team right um, um yeah like things that are not just there's a space for being safe, of course, especially in the world we live in. But um, if you're so overprotective that you never let your kids do anything to where they can learn how to talk to people, where they can... Order for themselves off a menu. Yes. Um, they don't know how to look an adult in the eye because they're, they've never, you know, been told how to do that or... You know, whatever it is. Um, and in the book, he talks about, like, the parent who has so many protections in place that they think, they think if their kid, you know, if their kid never watches TV, never has a, there wasn't cell phones when this book was written, but never has a cell phone, never gets on a computer, except to do schoolwork, you know, um, never watches. Plays video games. Yeah, never, never does any, never listens to secular music, never, 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 and goes to Christian school or is homeschooled or whatever, that if, and then in church every time the doors are open, that that is going to protect that child from all sin and all bad things that they could get themselves into. And the fact of the matter is, is it just doesn't work. No, the kid has a will. Yeah. I mean... We've seen many situations where people do things, including ourselves, where they do things what they think is the exact right way to prevent whatever bad thing from happening that they're afraid of, and then it ends up. It's almost like it ends up a, like almost in some ways like a self fulfilling thing where you almost bring it about because in you're a being lot of ways so you're just being so of, yeah. And that's not to say not have, you know, boundaries are a good thing. Yeah. Boundaries are good and are needed and necessary and all those things. But all those things we mentioned just a few minutes ago is not going to make it so foolproof where your kid is never going to get into something or see something or sin in some way. It just, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, do we want to take a break real quick? Let's take a break, yeah. All right, we'll take a break real quick. Hey, everyone. This is Brian from the Just Grace It podcast. I want to talk to you for a minute about Trust House Publishers. 
Trust House Publishers is a Christian self-publishing outfit that is devoted to lowering costs and allowing Christian authors to get things in print at relatively low expenses. You can check them out at TrustHousePublishers.com. Just reading briefly from their website, Trust House Press is a publishing source for Bible-based authors like you. Then they talk about the self-publishing scam. Self-publishing is an emperor with no clothes. The major self-publishing companies charge authors exorbitant prices for very little work that an author could accomplish him or herself with no more effort. Furthermore, the author is then the victim of upsells for marketing promotional material that is often not worth the cost of the postage. Trust House Publishers, Trust House Press plans to make independent publishing available for all Bible-based writers at no cost. And so I've used Trust House Publishers for my most recent book, the volume one of the From This Generation Forever class, and can say that I had a great experience. The layout, the artwork, the way everything was done was uh, excellent. I'm very satisfied with it. And then for small additional fees, you can add features to your book, like having it uh, put in an ebook format, having it sold on Amazon. Um, it's, it's really an option that I would encourage you to check out if you're interested in self-publishing or getting some of your material to print if you're interested in doing that. So if I were you, I would go to trusthousepublishers.com and check out their FAQs, check out their pricing page, and there's also instructions there about how to submit something for publishing. Anyway, I would really encourage you to do this. It's been a great option for me, and I think you'll find it a great option as well. Thanks. And we're back. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's, yeah. She was giving me some bad body language. I was not. During that break. <laughs> Oh uh, man! Oh I tell my you. word! I'm trying to be serious, I... and you're like <laughs> being inappropriate. I'm not being inappropriate. What are you talking about? Yes, you are. Anyway, listen. Indulge me with the next one. <laughs> this is the next one. Indulgence. Yes. All right. There okay. you go. So, <clears throat> indulgence is one of the most destructive things a parent can do to a child. This child is all of, will grow up to be all about him or herself, their wants, their needs, their desires, and ideas. There is little to no discipline. So basically this kid gets to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. And the parents, like, have at it. Isn't that like that one? Who is that character on uh, Willy Wonka, the girl who turned into a blueberry or something? Oh, yeah. Who, is that Veronica? Uh, I think that's right because she was so over... In, Veruca. A raw indulge or whatever that... Yeah, Veruca. Yeah. That was her name. I want it and I want it now! Exactly, yeah. yeah. That was a good... Imp- you should have been in that movie. <laughs> anyway, I just watched that movie not that long ago. Why? <laughs> because I like oh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate That movie Factory. scared me when I was a kid. How did we get on that? Anyway, uh, yeah. okay. So distracted right now. It's like not even. Anyway, let's get serious. Let's get cracking on this doctrine here. (laughs) Okay. 
stonewalling is number nine. And he says that this is being an emotionally unreadable parent and uncommunicative. That is not a problem you have. (laughs) Not a problem I have. No. Not a problem you have either. Okay. So neither of us stonewall. Um, Not with each other or with the kids, but like. You always tell me my, I'm, everybody knows how I'm feeling because I can't hide how I'm feeling. I'm terrible at that. This is true. I am. Yeah. I can't do that. So anyway, but that's a thing. Um, What's the next one? And then number 10, this is an important one, um, especially performance-based acceptance. And here's the quote that I wanted to say from the book. If you perform, act the way I want you to, I'll accept you. If you don't, I'll reject you. This child's feeler gets stuck on rejection. And he says that it is Satan's chief tool on the earth. And then I have in there to read the paragraph on page 47. Well, that, but that's just like legalistic parenting, you know, profess, yes. performance-based acceptance, this paragraph at the bottom. Yes. Um, yeah, here, I know. I, I would let you read it, but I underlined what I wanted to You're stonewalling to me. I am not. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, for all those that like our banter, you're getting a ton of it in this episode. Anywho. <laughs> all right. Every religion from Mormonism to voodoo is based on performance-based acceptance, or he's going to abbreviate it PBA. Humanity is seeking acceptance from God by earning it. Christianity, however, is a relationship, not a religion. God reaches out to us with grace, unmerited favor through Christ's finished work. This relationship is not for sale. Jesus bought it with his life, and it cannot be earned through PBA. You do not earn a gift. You gratefully accept it. Amen. The world system, on the other hand, is totally based on PBA. It is. It is totally based on performance. Yes. I mean, your whole job, you know, every year you get a performance review where they, you know, say, if the, you know, they rate you on... Did you perform the way that you're expected to? It's the way the world works in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, I think people-pleasing falls into that, too, because you, as one who has struggled with people-pleasing and trying to keep everyone happy, um, you don't want anyone to be mad at you or upset at you or disappoint anyone, and so you well, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, and then they'll like me, and they won't be mad at me, and they'll accept me, and we'll be friends, and, you know. And then you just have to keep doing and doing and and doing. Yeah, and it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, in the performance-based acceptance thing, I was thinking several episodes back, we did some on the law of attraction manifesting in manifesting and that is very performance-based acceptance oriented because you have to think the right thoughts you have to put the right feelings out to the universe according to this belief system you have to put away all the negative things and never think negative things so that you can only attract the good things to that's a lot of pressure it is a lot of pressure and it's totally unrealistic Nobody is going to be positive in their thinking 100% of the time. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, as we talked about in other 
previous episodes, I mean, that's just all a bunch of um, philosophical nonsense. Um, it's not the way. That's not the way the scriptures. I mean, there's a principle in the scriptures of you reap what you sow. Right. If you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow the spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. So there is a principle there of, of reaping and sowing, but it's about how are you going to walk? Are you going to walk after the flesh? Are you going to mind the things of the flesh? Or are you going to walk after the spirit and mind the things of the spirit? And to be carnally minded is, you know, death spiritually. Not that you can lose your salvation, but you're you're not walking the way you should. And to be, you know, you can be carnally minded or you can be spiritually minded. You know, I was listening to a podcast today and the guy was talking about grace and he was talking about the fruit of the spirit. And he he was, I'm trying to think how he said it because it was really good. He said that something along the lines of a lot of believers think about the fruit of the spirit and they they focus on the fruit. I, I have to love. I have to be self-controlled. I have to be patient. I have to be kind. I have to be gentle. I have to be... I have to, I have to, I need to work on that quality or that characteristic or whatever. But he's like, really, it's about focusing on the fact that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You have the life of Christ living inside of you. And it's focusing on that and God's word. And when you do that and you're putting God's word in your heart, then the fruit is going to be a natural outcome of it. The fruit is not. It's not these things that you need to achieve to. Right, that it's that's the that's the wrong way. It's his fruit manifesting in your life, not you developing the developing it. Yeah, um, that's not what it's about. It's about when you walk in the spirit, when you mind the things of the word and the spirit, the fruit of that will be there because that's what it produces. Yeah, it's not like you sit there and think really hard about how I'm going to love today and. Tomorrow I'm going to work on gentleness, and then the next day I'm going to work on self-control. Like it's now, it's just you doing it. Right. It's performance-based now. It's not. It's actually very fleshly to think about it like that. Yeah. Um. So the final part of this chapter is he calls it Jesus-based acceptance, and he talks about how we are accepted by God because of Christ's work, not anything that we do. And it made me think of Ephesians 1 where it lists a bunch of the um, things that we have as part of our identity in Christ. And one of those things is you are accepted in the beloved. Like you are accepted. As an individual believer, you are accepted. You You don't do anything to earn that. You get that when you become a new creature in Christ. Right. And you don't do anything to keep it. Right. It's not your performance that earns it or merits it, and it's not your performance that keeps it. It's all based on grace and the free gift given to you through Christ. Right. So if you parent according to Jesus-based acceptance, you focus on dealing with the person, not the performance. So that's not to say that if your child does something wrong or sins or whatever that you just oh well right you have to deal with that but you also in dealing with that behavior and correcting that behavior and doing discipline you also have to 
discipline part of that word is disciple you have to it's teaching them the right way to go as opposed to the wrong way and it's dealing with them as a person not just viewing them as doing good things or bad things right things or sinful things yeah i remember back it was i think it was 2010 at our bible conference at church that we did on the grace life at home and I think it was uh, Des Stridham was talking about the difference between reacting and responding. Yeah. And how, um, you know, reaction is just like, oh, you, blah, 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 blah. You know, you just, not We've that never, we don't know anything about that, that oh, versus never, ever. responding like, okay, yes, this happened. What are we going to do about it? You, you know, not it's, it's not like you let it go or don't address it, but you don't like fly off the handle about it that's more like reacting i'm just thinking of a recent thing we had with one of our kids where when we initially found out about what happened we definitely reacted oh yeah but then later on as we were having future conversations about that thing we did a better job. We responded. And that conversation went way better with that child than it did when we reacted. I mean, you're right. It did go better. I think there were a lot of factors that led to it going better. But you're right. We didn't. Yeah. We, it, yeah. By the time we got to that point in dealing with it, there was really not a whole lot of other places that the child could go. And it was all pretty plain it was just a matter of them being honest right so when we are talking about this parenting stuff like please do not think that we're sitting here in judgment because we certainly have messed up and made mistakes we're just sharing things with you that are part of chapter two things that we've done that yep we've messed up and Might. things that have gone well. <laughs> so the greater points are he's using this as a way of explaining how now adult Christians have these predispositions, habits, methods of thinking, green pathways in the brain, if you will, green highways, that they're struggling with as adults because of, in many ways, you know, the ways they learn to cope and deal with life and get value and love out of life when they were kids. Yeah. And that the answer to it is Christ. Christ, Jesus-based acceptance, Christ-based yeah. acceptance. And and not not going back and being like, oh, it's all my parents' fault and they're terrible and horrible. And I mean, maybe you did have a terrible, horrible parent. And, and there are terrible, horrible parents. But... If you had, like I said in the beginning, if you had good parents who made mistakes, you know, it, it still can affect us when we're kids and then we grow up and then we make mistakes and it affects our kids. Right. So in other words, don't let, don't let the tyranny of your past be the excuse and steal the joy of your future. Wow. That was very profound. Well, I try, you know, I... <laughs> I read books now and then, and uh, I try to wax eloquent every now and again. But I'm serious. It's it's the, the don't let the tyranny of your past 
to steal the joy of your future because you're, I mean, how many times when we have counseled with people or been dealing with folks, is it that issue? Yeah. Stuff that happened when they were kids, whether it was their parents or other people in their lives or. The only place you're going to get unconditional love and acceptance is through, is through and in the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so when you look to others for oh, what only Christ can give, you end up with unrealistic expectations and misplaced dependencies that don't help you. They just take these things and just make them worse. And the only way to deal with them is to give them to Christ, find your acceptance and love in Christ, and what you know. And those unrealistic. Renew your mind in the Word those unrealistic expectations and misplaced dependencies tend to become the things that become the flesh patterns, the habits that you fall into to get your needs met apart from Christ. Right. Because you have this expectation. It's not being met over here. So I'm now I'm going to go over here and do this to get that met. But it's, and I would say many of the times when, you know, even when you and I have had hard times in our relationship, it's probably almost always coming back to one or the both of us is as, a unrealistic expectation of the other or is misplacing a dependency yes for sure and not not finding sufficiency in christ so yep yep the other the final tip that i had under the jesus-based acceptance and the parenting would be just be honest with your kids when you make mistakes i think it goes such a long way when if you do overreact when they do something or you just mess up somehow as a parent if you can just be honest with them and just say hey that was a mistake i messed up i'm sorry yeah for sure being willing to apologize to your kids when you mess up or go too far is a a really big deal i think because it it humanizes you to your kids yep So So are we wrapping this up? We're wrapping this up. I had um, a quote passage from the book I wanted to read from page 53. Um, It says, To demonstrate how deeply entrenched Satan has made performance-based acceptance syndrome, consider this biblically-based illustration. On a scale from 1 to 10, where 10 is the best, put a number on how well you accept yourself your spouse, and your kids, assuming that all of them are saved. Let's suppose you selected a five for yourself. You are saying that you still have an additional five points to climb before you can accept yourself perfectly. But God accepts you perfectly in Christ already. Amen. God does not grade on a one to ten scale. He grades pass-fail. His acceptance of you and me is not contingent on our performance, but on what we have done with jesus christ's performance for us amen god has already accepted you completely that's good that's good there brother gillum (laughs) (laughs) so that concludes chapter two um i haven't decided what i'm gonna do with chapter three yet he kind of tells his personal story with him and his wife and I might combine just a couple of the things he talks about in there with chapter four because 
chapter four is the old you an old man in a, a new, new earth, earth suit. suit and i think yeah like if you're interested in kind of knowing their backstory you could get the book you can get the book for like 10 bucks i think yeah um and you we can should maybe that. add though for maybe particularly our female listeners is that his wife annabelle Yes. Has written an also a very good book, uh, particularly geared towards encouraging women called The Confident Woman. Knowing Who You Are in Christ. Yeah, it's it's a very good book. I have it. I've actually have it and given it away a couple different times. Yeah. So. So, well, thanks for listening. And if you want to contact us, you can email me while we are in the transition on our facebook situation yeah don't i can't get to the facebook page and you probably can't find it because probably all my stuff has been closed down anyway yeah so um so it's brian b-r-y-a-n brian b-r-y-a-n at just grace com. brian at just grace com. and if you would like the podcast share it leave a review all those things help us uh, get the word out yep and um, if you don't want to do an email, you can always message Brian on his Facebook pro- page, just Brian Ross. Yes. Yeah. All right. So. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Grace and peace.